thank you for joining us for another Kingdom Conversation with Pastor Dominic Butler of Gold Street Garden Church. We are extremely grateful to serve Christ alongside so many wonderful people in this crucial hour. All over the world, God is moving in profound ways through surrendered hearts. We've designed these conversations to illuminate what God is doing and speaking in various regions, because as we gleam and learn from one another, we become more equipped for every good work. The body of Christ is full of precious gifts and callings that manifest in unique and dynamic ways. And because of this, we are so excited for today's conversation as we learn more about the most beautiful one, Jesus. These Kingdom Conversation live streams are a part of Gold Street Garden Church, located in the Palm Harbor, Clearwater, Florida area. For more details, go to goldstreetgarden.com and follow us on social media for all of the freshest content. Enjoy this wonderful time in the presence of God as we talk about the King and His Kingdom. What's going on, everybody? So excited to be on here. As always, we got some great stuff to talk about tonight. I want to make a few announcements as I say hi to a few people. If everybody would just begin to share this right now, we really want to take some time tonight. We started a few weeks ago on Monday nights talking about what we believe as a church body and going through the most important foundational scripture foundations for where we stand and being able to pinpoint in scripture what we believe. And tonight we're going to go through the ordinances of the church which are the water baptism and communion. And we wanna talk about that biblically and lay some more groundwork in our hearts so that way we can properly know what we believe in. So when we exercise that, when we partake in communion, or we can pinpoint when we have been water baptized according to scripture, then we can be very confident and where our walk is with the Lord and in that. So I wanna say hi to a few people. Victoria, great to see you. Christy, so good to see you as well. Tina, uh, Andrew, uh, my sister, and I know uh, Dave's watching. Great to see you, Dave. And we got Michelle watching. As soon as you jump on, say hi. Let us know that you're tuning in tonight. And I wanna make a big announcement. That's why we wanted to jump back onto what we believe because we started two weeks ago with that. And last week we had Joe Turnbull come on and we talked about some very important things when it comes to our miracles for today and being able to put our faith in knowing that God is the God of miracles and that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And we went through scriptures talking about that. This Sunday, we, have, we are going to be doing a worship and prayer night. It's gonna be a corporate night of prayer and worship and it's going to be at 6 p.m at the church we're going to just go for it all evening we're going to have worship going the whole night and we're believing for just prophetic songs to go forth we want to be praying over our nation praying over the local communities we are in such a a, a turbulent time right now but the church is going to thrive like never before and it's important that we put more of a emphasis on prayer so we're going to be doing that this sunday but if, as you also see in the graphic we are going to do water baptisms while we are praying and worshiping in the sanctuary we're going to bring in the water baptism pool so if you have not been water baptized or you don't believe that the last time you were water baptized that you did it with your heart and that you had it 
you were just sound in what you were doing, then let us know. DM the church page, reach out to us, and there'll be a sign-up sheet at service tomorrow. Let's get you water baptized this Sunday. Is that exciting? So make sure you tell everybody about that, share that information. In fact, right now, and as we're talking, tag somebody that you know needs to get water baptized. That's somebody that's been, whether it's somebody that's been coming to Gold Street and you've heard them talk about water baptisms, you're like, you know what? You got to you gotta hear this tonight because you're going to get water baptized this Sunday. Just type their name in there. So without further ado, I did ask a dear friend that you all know very well. Mr. Nick Apostolo is going to join me tonight as we talk about these these uh, topics, and I just wanted to bring him on to allow him to share some testimony and then also to elaborate on some of the scriptures we have. So let's bring on Sir Nick, and then we'll get rocking. How you doing, man? Great, great. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh joining me tonight for this. I know I reached out to you yesterday, and I just had it on my heart. I was like, it'd be so great to get you to share on this as well. And if people that don't know, Nick is a, is such a, Nick and Jesse, his wife are just such dear friends of Jackie and mine. We've known them for years and so much they do behind the scenes for Gold Street Garden. And they are so prized in our hearts. And I, I really value when either one of them have something to say, they're not ones that are just going to say a whole bunch of things. When they do say something, it carries a lot of weight and very thankful for for your relationship, you and your family. And it's awesome to have you on here tonight. Awesome. So it's such a blessing to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. Everybody that's uh, watching, so great to have you. And let's open up with the word of prayer before we get into uh, this. But Nick, if you would do the honors, if you just open us up in prayer and then we'll rock these, uh, these passages. Lord God, we just... We just come before you in Jesus' name tonight, Lord. We thank you for such a, um amazing time together, Lord, in your word as we just grow to know you more uh, in these areas that um, oftentimes can be looked at as tradition and repetition. But, Lord, uh, we know and believe that they carry such eternal significance um, in our hearts and uh and we just thank you for uh the word that you have for us tonight lord that um that you would speak to to all the hearts out there including mine just for increase in understanding in uh in in just a heart to receive uh what you have for us tonight lord and i just thank you for um for you, Jesus, and I thank you for um, just the precious time to come together in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Dawn, it's so good to see you. It's been a while since we've seen you. We, we love you so much. Enjoy. My mom, my mom is kind of a celebrity in my life. She's a, <laughs> she's a big deal. So it's good to have uh, my family back in town. We'll see you all tomorrow night. It's going to be amazing service. We've been in a series called Restore the Roar. We're going to be kicking that, continuing that. But I'll tell you what, we had a men's group over the weekend, Nick, and we uh, that word that brought forth at the men's group, I am I it, it hasn't let go of me that I almost feel like we need to amplify it tomorrow night and with what's going on because I. I'm excited. So just know that tomorrow night's going to be 
we go from glory to glory at Gold Street. So every week we say it at the end of the night, like what an amazing night. And it just really seems like we have never walked out of a Tuesday night where we're like, wow, it just was like, it just didn't work out tonight because we just welcome the spirit of the Lord to come and invade lives and invade hearts. And it happens every week. And we're excited for as crazy as the world is right now is just as a more, uh, we have to stay focused. There's more of a discipline in staying focused. So that's why we're going over some of the core values of the church because the devil wants to get us caught up in everything else and we need to be confident yeah. in what we believe in. So I want to start with water baptism since that's going to be what we're going to be embarking this week. We're going to have water baptisms this Sunday. Once again, I want to, I want to repeat that multiple times. If you've not been water baptized, this Sunday is your opportunity at 6 p.m. We will be doing water baptisms. Let us know. You can even let us know in the comments that you're going to be there Sunday for that. And then we're going to do communion right after that. And I actually have communion elements ready. So if you do want to grab communion, we'll take communion right after we talk about that tonight. So water baptism, you know, uh, Nick and I were even talking right before we got on here in, in different, you know, with Catholicism and just different backgrounds of religious culture, people Water baptism has very different meanings across the board and, and Catholicism, water baptism is just getting uh, when you're an infant, just the priest will will sprinkle water on you. And that is a baptism. And there's different lines of all that. But when we're going to approach it from uh, when we look at the Bible and the scriptures from what water baptism represents, you'll find that it's a full immersion and it's a willful decision that you have to make and say, you know what, I want to outwardly express the inward work that has been done in my life and that is christ was crucified buried and then he rose from the grave so simply put before we get into the passages water baptism is when you go under the water you're you're showcasing that you have been buried with christ you've been crucified with christ you've gone under that old man has gone under and when you get pulled up out of the water that you have raised with Christ from the grave. And it is it is such a momentous moment. And I know that it's so awesome having you on with me tonight because when we did the last baptisms, uh, just the spirit of the Lord, when we were baptizing people that had recently given their life to the Lord or just uh, rededicated, when we were water baptizing people, the spirit of the Lord was so strong. Yeah out on the beach and it's because the Lord honors water baptism so much because it's in his word. But did you want to even share like a little, remember when we did that last time just to encourage yeah, I, I people. I was even, I was even gonna, I was even gonna um, recommend Jesse come in here for a minute. And yeah, uh, if she's available um, on that, on that time as well. Um, one second. Yeah, it was, so phenomenal yeah we'll bring jesse in because it the water baptisms when we were out there and just feeling the presence of the lord yeah. it's so important that people realize that when you simply do what the word says the spirit mm -hmm. of god just comes in like a mighty rushing wind and you can experience his tangible love his power and uh yeah so if i see jesse's making her way but if she would even share what she experienced at the last uh, water baptism we did to encourage others to do so. That would be amazing. Hello. What's up, Jesse? Good, it's good. Um, 
so sure so we're talking uh, about that well he he was just bringing up the uh the time we were able to do water baptisms at the beach mm -hmm. and your um i just thought it was that'd be awesome to bring you in sure your um, from that so i have been baptized before so a little encouragement for those of you who may have already been baptized when you were younger or anything like that and you're like oh i've already been baptized i don't i think it'd be weird if i do it again um definitely not weird because i did it <laughs> um and the reason i felt it on my heart which i even spoke to nick about this um before we even planned the baptism i was like i really i feel it like in my heart that i need to be baptized again just because of the place where god has brought me since i was young um i'm a completely different person than <laughs> how I was raised. And um, they just that moment in time was it was beautiful. Um, walking out to Pastor Dom and to my husband, it almost felt like I felt on my wedding day, um, like the anticipation, the the butterflies in my stomach. Um, it was just I'm sure any girl who's getting married could kind of feel that too. And I'm sure guys can too, but like actually walking out there, it felt like I was approaching the altar again. And, um, and this time, you know, I'm the bride and he's the groom. So it was really cool. And then just, um, being out there just in that environment with his creation and just feeling so much love and peace in that moment. Um, it was just, I don't know, it's hard to describe. <laughs> um, and, you know, just the symbolism of going under one way and coming back up as the new person. Um, it was, it was beautiful. Um, the, but the thing that stands out the most is just that feeling I had of just feeling like I was being given away again, like I was being married again, and I was walking to the altar again. It was really cool. Yeah. That's so beautiful. No, that just the imagery alone is amazing. And I, I remember uh, just the the weather and everything mm -hmm. that day was like, just like Holy Ghost inspired all the way through. And just being out there and every time somebody got water baptized, you could just, it, it was such a, there was such a tangible presence on the water. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into that when we talk about some of the passages with what we believe. But um, thank you so much for even sharing and bringing the uh, imagery with that because people need to know like sometimes when we just think of a ritual somebody just getting water baptized yeah. it's like yeah let's just go get water baptized everybody clap you know you did the thing not realizing yeah. that there's so much that is taking place because whenever you obey the word you get supernatural yeah. presence you get supernatural experience it's something that goes beyond what you're what what is just being processed in the now but you have to be yeah. conscious to it and that's why we're building that foundation now to to create an expectation you know when when you're when, when we're when we're talking about this the first scripture and I, and I, it's a common scripture for a lot of people but the first scripture that comes to my mind is galatians 2 20 you know where it says that i have been crucified with christ and i no longer live but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's just so amazing. And, um, and it, that's true. It's, it's the fact that you are, you are recognizing the reality that it is no longer you that lives. You have died with Christ. You're partaking in his death symbolically. 
and you know it's it's really a visual way to preach the gospel um you know we had people which was this was amazing we had people on the beach that were witnessing us that were seeing us and this is a public beach, public beach you know not private property out you know hiding out somewhere this is public profession of of our faith uh and trust in the lord and uh it's a visual representation of preaching the gospel and so we we were a witness to people on the beach in public there and uh we literally had people um that we didn't know that would come up you know that have, that came up to us and uh specifically even you for prayer and um and uh, obviously, you know, we did a prayer, uh, we did a call to salvation. You know, we gave people an opportunity uh, to to know what we were doing, to know what was taking place. And, uh, you know, gave them an opportunity to um, make a decision for themselves. So it's awesome. Amen. And I, and I don't know if they're watching tonight, but Joel and Katie, uh, who were at, who witnessed the water baptisms of us on the beach, have been coming to Gold Street. And it was months ago but we're so impacted by the outward expression like nick said that uh we're allowing people to see the gospel on full display fernando so good to see you brother i see you in the comments just want to let you know we love you man i happen to see you I jump on so with where we're at i want to go through a few of these scriptures to just really uh breathe life upon this to bring some major foundation. Oh, Jesse, so good to have you. Thank you. You're more than welcome to hang out. It's still up to you if you got So yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, when we when we uh, get into this, the one thing I want you to know that Nick uh, pointed out that God is such a God of sim symbolism that yeah. you see all throughout the Bible. He used people's lives and stories to foreshadow the coming of Christ. So the reason why water baptism is so big to God, whether you think it is or not, is because God is so big on exercising the uh, the nature of what took place on the inside. Whatever took place on the inside, he wants you to, to by faith, exhibit that in the now and in the natural through any ways, because God has been big on that from Genesis to yeah. Revelation. Even when we talk about communion and everything, everything that is an internal uh, work of the Lord, he is calling us as believers to exercise what took place internally through the means which he has laid out. And that's what we want to go through uh, tonight. So the first, everybody that's watching and as you jump on, please put the scripture soon as we like type it in the comments so that way uh, later on when people watch this, they see the scriptures, it's there. So Matthew 28, 19 is the first scripture on the dock for when we're talking about baptism. And there's multiple ones. And Nick did hit Galatians 2.20, which throw that one in there as well. So Galatians 2.20, Matthew 28, 19. This is a, a direct command from the master, from the Lord. And he says this in the Great Commission. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So I wanna really bring something up in this, but the first thing right out the gate is this is a command from Jesus. It's a command from the master's lips that we are to go and we are to make disciples. And one of the, one of the, uh, requirements of 
being a disciple is being taught that you need to be water baptized. And as we go through the book of Acts, a couple of passages there, you'll see how much the apostles respected the command of Jesus. And I even have to repent uh, in front of everyone that we live in a day and age that I fall victim to it too, where water baptism sometimes get pushed to the side because it's an inconvenience. It's something that you got to kind of like get everything together. It's got to be, but we as a body, we really need to put more emphasis on a water baptism. I want to also say that I don't believe you need to be water baptized to be uh, saved, but it is, it is something that you need to happen in the biblical proof you can see for that is water baptisms even the thief on the cross that Jesus was saying, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, this man didn't have a chance to get water baptized before he uh, before he realized on the cross and repented and got born again. Water baptism is a willful decision that you need to make. And it's a decision that you don't want to delay once you have a conviction that it's something important to do. So with that being said, uh, it's a command. And then it's also bringing in the Godhead into this experience that when you get water baptized, that when you come up out of the water, you're coming up out of the water with a revelation of the re the relationship you have with God, the father, Jesus, the son and the Holy spirit. And they all have intricate roles and express the Godhead through each one in your life. And the Water baptism is so crucial to that because when Jesus got water baptized, just think about the Trinity implications. God the Father spoke from the heavens. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And Jesus was the word made flesh who was the one getting uh, water baptized. But when Jesus was water baptized, it was a Trinity moment. So when you get water baptized, it's important for you to realize that this is like Jesse was saying, like she felt like she was walking to a marriage. That's the thing is it's like the Godhead is it's a it's a matrimony love encounter with the Godhead because they all celebrate what you're doing. But is there anything you wanted to share off that, Nick, as we go down the dock? Um, not initially yet. I'm, OK, I'm, yeah. And I just feel I, like I told you before, you just chime in where, jump in. where you where you have. Yeah. So Acts 228. This is right after uh, Peter is is uh, not at the end of the sermon, but this is when he is preaching the first sermon into the the upper room. And when he's preaching, he said, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So even when Peter is first preaching the first sermon, water baptism is coming up as something that needs to be done it's something that needs to be focused on and gone after so acts 228 then we also have acts 10 and i actually want to read a little bit of acts 10 so make sure like i said when we're bringing these scriptures up put them in the comments and uh and join in with us share this and the more engagement you all bring to this while we're going, the more traction it gets for people to hear, which I think we would all agree that there's enough garbage going on social media, that this is stuff that people actually really need to remind themselves and be focused on what's really what we need to be doing. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said to baptize those, disciple those. That's what the command of the Lord was. It wasn't stay. It wasn't say 
the command of the Lord was not say, stay in tune to what everybody is saying on social media and to make sure you know the latest headline and to debate it and to go into great uh, lengths of study and find all your favorite speakers and anchors on that topic. No, we have to find out what God is saying in this moment and go after it with everything. So in Acts 10, I want to specifically read starting in verse 44. So Acts 10, 44 through 48 is the passage I want to read regarding water baptisms here. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So Peter is preaching to a group of people who do not know the gospel. But as he's preaching to them, they heard the word and the Holy Spirit falls on them. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on all the Gentiles. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now check this out. And Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So soon as Peter got these men and women, this family, Cornelius's household, soon as he preached the word to them, they receive salvation, receive the Holy Spirit. He says, who's going to forbid them water? Let's get them water baptized now. You see, the apostles knew how important water baptism was because when Jesus came on the scene, Peter and, and uh, Andrew, they were brothers. They were with John the Baptist before they came to Jesus. And you know what John the Baptist's ministry was? Repentance and baptizing people mm -hmm. in the Jordan River. So their whole initiation, their whole, the first time they even uh, come to know about Jesus, they know that it's all through water baptism. Yeah. But we live in a day and age where water baptism kind of gets kicked to the side. It's not as prevalent as it needs to be. And that's why we're, we're bringing it up tonight as a huge ordinance that we need to really stay focused on. But is everybody seeing yeah. that in scripture? It's really yeah. important. And one thing I want to I want to reiterate and the Lord's just speaking to me in this is that God is a God of action. And there are there are natural actions that that we take to um to 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 symbolize what's taking place in the spirit and you know god created our our natural world that's in front of us um we're not we are not just spirit we are spirit soul and body we are a spirit that lives in a soul or that lives in a body has a soul on this earth so this is creation this is creation in the natural and everything good that we see in the natural is a representation of what is in the spirit. And, you know, for God so loved the world that he told us he would give his only son. No, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He, 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 there was action behind his words. And just as, you know, we, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, you know, it's, it's not enough just to believe it's confessing. It's, it's, it's the profession of your faith. And, um, you know, uh, you know, that's just, that's just the way the kingdom operates is just, it's just as much, um, action taking place in the natural as it is in the spirit. You know, Amen. we can, we can pray for things. We can pray for, you know, uh, uh, provision and increase but as long as we live on this earth and we live in this natural world um we are going to be required to work the bible says if you don't work you don't eat 
So, you know, it's, uh, it goes hand in hand. That's so good. Yeah. And as you're saying that just with the action, you know, I immediately go to, you know, James chapter two, when you got James is making it very clear that faith without works is dead. It, it has no meaning. And as soon as he says that he goes into a whole example of, he uses two main characters in the, the Bible. And it's really interesting who he chooses. Cause when he's talking about faith without works is dead. And as we're talking about how we need to act on what we believe you have, he uses Abraham and he said that Abraham, you know, sacrifice, you know, sacrificed his son or came to the point, you know, God prevented that from all. But the whole, the whole thing is that he uses Abraham, but then he also uses Hagar who hid yeah. Joshua and Caleb. And she was the lowest of low of a Gentile. She was, uh, you know, in harlotry. And then Abraham's this patriarch, this man of God, who's a Jew. So he, he takes the, the lowest woman in, and then he takes one of the highest men that people respect. And he says, faith without works is dead. And then he shows that nobody is exempt from this, mm -hmm. that no matter what your status is or where you're at, you have to back up what you believe with action. Yeah. So I, I love how you bring that up. It's so good. So, and then I've, I've been seeing a couple of people have prayer requests in the, um, Frank on YouTube, we will pray for you. Um, for the please just listen to the word wash over you tonight stick around to the end and we will pray for you frank and uh andrew i saw you had a prayer request as well earlier for not feeling well we will pray for you as well and kathy put in the comments water baptism is an outward expression of what jesus has done in our heart and we as we stated that earlier so important to just have those little quotes that express what scripture is saying so romans 6 4 says this as we continue the water baptism we are doing water baptisms this Sunday night as we pray and worship corporately. It's going to be amazing. We're going to just be in worship, and then we're going to see people coming up out of the baptism pool, yeah. and we're just going to erupt with praise and celebrate what God is doing. It's going to be amazing. So um, Romans 6, 4 says this, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. So this is what we were saying earlier, but here's the scripture for it, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. So water baptism is like, it's it's just a, it's this milestone that gets passed and there should be immediate that I'm different now, that things yeah. are changing in the way that I walk. And I want to, I see that, Joy, you have a question. Uh was John instructed by the Holy Spirit how and why he was to baptize people? Where did this act originate? And that's a great question. And, you know, I want to actually say that I've had the same thoughts as well. And what I want to bring up real quick with this is I'm not going to totally answer your question because this is something that I have looked into as well. But what I am going to do is I want to give you a couple of things that I have looked at regarding that, that we see symbolic in the Old Testament that I think will help you uh, to will allow the Holy Spirit to minister through this because I gave you everybody some scriptures, but I want to go through just a few biblical concepts from Genesis to Revelation right before we get to communion. And it's this, the Genesis chapter one. So if everybody goes to Genesis one, I'm going to mainly paraphrase, but if you look at this one scripture, it's always good to see how God, you know, created and Genesis one verse six says this. 
It says, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. So when this is the sixth verse of the Bible. So during creation, when God is creating the world, he splits the waters. It's it's like one of the first things he does. And when when we get to this understanding that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when he created the world, he split the waters. Well, what happens when you get water baptized? You split the waters mm -hmm. and you come back up as a what? Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Christ. And you see in Genesis, waters get split, creation, New Testament, you get water baptized, you split the waters, you come out a new creation uh, and based off that work. But I want everybody to see now the, the process here is that you have when Moses enters the scene and brings the Israelites out of Egypt, what is the thing they have to do? God splits the Red Sea. So once again, this is symbolic that they're enslaved. They're, this is what happens before you get born again. This is the symbolism. You're enslaved to the patterns of the world. Egypt in the Pharaoh, it was a demonic stronghold holding back the people of God that were God's people, God's chosen people. God splits the Red Sea. And it's important that people know that a sea is not, it's not living in life water like a river. So when they go through the Red Sea, God splits the sea, they walk through it. That is a baptism. It's a baptism that they're going through, but it's the baptism of salvation because God is saving them from bondage, bringing. But before they got to the promised land, Joshua comes on the scene and God splits the Jordan River, which is a living water. It's a, it's a water that's alive. So you see the first baptism you're getting born again, coming out of slavery. But in order to get to the promised land where God has the Jordan River, that's when Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. So the baptism of the river there is symbolic nature of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they get baptized through the Red Sea, which is like being baptized out of slavery, out of the world, being baptized in Jesus Christ, getting becoming born again. And then there's the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm kind of going into multiple baptisms, but what I'm telling you here is the water was always a symbolic symbol to showcase why that would be something that would take place with John the Baptist and Jesus. They're seeing the how God has used water. And then this also happens again with Elijah, that when Elijah gets taken up by the, right before he gets taken up by the fiery chariot, he slams his mantle on the Jordan River again, actually, and the water split. And then he gets taken up, and then Elisha takes the mantle, and then he splits the water as well. So you keep seeing water getting split because of generations and the anointing and things, new creations coming. And then we see with Jesus coming on the scene. And just a fun little tidbit that I, I discovered recently but in act, we can go there real quick. But if you go to Acts chapter eight, real quick, and then I'll, I'll we'll see, we'll, we'll head off into communion unless uh, Nick has any uh, final thoughts where we're at. But if uh, X, Acts chapter, 
Let me make sure I, I have it right. Yeah, Acts chapter 8. And we'll just go towards uh, verse 36. I'll paraphrase right before we get to verse 36. Philip, he's a evangelist. Philip is somebody that's under the apostles in the book of Acts, and he is preaching to a Ethiopian, a eunuch. So that's somebody that has injuries, uh, bodily injuries to where they're, they're not able to uh, reproduce. They're not able to, there's no heritage. There's no, they're a eunuch, Ethiopian, so they're separated. But he was reading the Isaiah scrolls. He's a slave to Candace the queen. And Philip begins to minister to him while he's reading the book of Isaiah. And then after he leads him to the Lord in verse 36, it says they went down the road. They came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. So you see how even this man of God knows how important it is that what you're about to do, you have to believe this in your heart. This water baptism thing, it's got to be. But this is not a baby being baptized. This is somebody making a willful decision to be water baptized, to be immersed in the revelation of the burial and death of Jesus and to come up with the newness of life of the resurrection. And then so verse 38, so he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. It literally translated him. It teleported him to another uh, arena. Like we're talking like in another city. He just disappeared. The Holy Spirit is so involved with water baptisms that supernatural things like this happen. But the reason I bring this up is to talk about how God is showing us something here. The reason that Phillips was teleported, it's a, it's a symbolic nature of the rapture. And that when we do what Jesus told us to do, because Jesus said that until everyone hears, he's not going to come back. So people need to hear the gospel. And what is part of the gospel? Being water baptized. So when you hear the gospel, Philip is going and preaching to a Ethiopian that does not know. It's a it's a it's a nation that does not know the gospel yet. So Philip's going to reach a, a tribe that hasn't heard the gospel as he preaches it and they get water baptized, he gets taken up. So this goes to show the importance of us walking the Great Commission out. That's just a tidbit with where we're at with that. But Nick, do you have anything before we hit on uh, communion? Um, yeah, I mean, not not to, uh, I think just to um, button up that point is that um, the Lord, the Lord wants to mark you. The Lord wants to mark and end from something to a beginning of something new. He just likes to, he's done this. You, you can see through scripture that he's done these types of things to serve as some sort of a marking in your life, a time that you could, an unforgettable time, an unforgettable moment. You know, it, it's, it's unforgettable moment for the Israelites to cross the Red Sea. Um, it's an unforgettable moment for them to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. It's an unforgettable moment that um, the Lord can use these these moments to bring to your remembrance in times that uh, that you need them most, and these moments of significance. It's not just you know it's not simply just reciting a prayer or we're just reciting um, you know uh, something someone told you to say. 
the Lord wants to meet you in a moment and mark you so that he can bring you back to that moment to to remember uh, what he's done. And, you know, just as, um, you know, the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep and, and the water was out was without form and void, you know, before before Christ, um, we were without form and void, um, you know, before uh, before the Israelites crossed over into the promised land, they, they were, they were lost. They were, they were a captive. They were, they were, they needed to be set free. And so, you know, the Bible says that, you know, we are slaves to sin. And then um, once we, once we've been crucified with Christ and we're risen with him, we're no longer slaves to sin, but we're slaves to righteousness. And so, um, you know, it's just this marking and this, uh, this, this new creation, you're leaving, you're leaving your old, way of life, your old way of thinking, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the scripture in Romans 12, two, where it talks about renewing your mind on the word of God, you know, one of the most important things, or if not the most important thing after you're born again, um, to, to do is, is, is to renew your mind, um, uh, and, and then bring to remembrance those moments that the Lord's marked you in. So. That's so awesome. That's so you know, good. I, I remember mine, you know, pretty, mine was like, kind of like the opposite of Jesse's. It wasn't like, it wasn't a beautiful day. <laughs> it was, uh, it was windy. It was wet. It was kind of cool out. Um, it was at a, you know, it was at a beach that, you know, isn't a lot of people would consider it a beach. It was just, you know, Don't, when, the opportunity, no. <laughs> when the opportunity came to do it, you know, the Lord just said, you know, it's, it's time. And, and at that time it had been, um, you know, a good two years or a year and a half after, you know, I, um, I, I began to live for the Lord and, and receive the gift of salvation. And so um, at that time, I really understood the significance of it and um, really wanted to just publicly profess, you know, um, you know, my faith. So, and uh, it's such a precious time. Um, yeah. So it was, it was kind of cold. It was wet and uh, couldn't wait to kind of get a towel on, but um, man, it was, it's, it's an unforgettable experience. It really is. And, um, the Lord definitely marked me at that moment and, uh, a lot, it just, he just changed, just, con just significantly changed in that moment. Um, I can, I can, I can remember it vividly that that's a, a moment that I was marked. So. Amen. No, I'm so glad you shared that as well. And I want to make one side that, uh, Karen's watching said that uh, people from or uh, Pastor Mark says hi from Kingdom Life. I guess some people are watching from Kingdom Life right now. So we love our we love our Kingdom Life family. Uh, I, I actually called Pastor Mark the other day and just thanked him because it was our one year uh, anniversary as a church last week. And it was amazing. And I called Pastor Mark a day or two before the anniversary and said, you had such a huge part in us. Uh, going through a whole whole year and uh, we're so thankful for kingdom life and just their uh, their hospitality and their love for jesus is is through the roof it's amazing and pastor mark always uh he gets on me he says that i should get the award for being the most polite pastor in all of uh because <laughs> i'm always thanking him but he's amazing we love him and his family and kingdom life but i'm glad you shared that testimony when it comes to uh because i remember my first experience was quite the same my mom actually reminded me of one of the details recently when i got water baptized it was in maryland and it was not during the summer it was uh <laughs> It was, and it gets cold in Maryland. It was, they were actually scrape, scraping a little ice off of some of the, the you know, the pool deck. It wasn't like the, 
the dead of winter, but you have to understand that even in, in fall in Maryland, you can get to uh, very uh, below, uh, you know, 30, you know, below, below 32. Temperature. Yeah, exactly. And when I got water baptized, I got water baptized in an above ground pool in the woods. <laughs> like it was like, it wasn't even like the sun around. It was like just, you know, in a, a driveway that was way away from the road where shady stuff can go down. Now I'm just playing, but it was just when I got water baptized, I actually brought my unsafe friends with me because when I had first gotten born again, that's all I had was unsafe friends. <laughs> so, like, so like I, I, I only had met a few people at church and my parents, uh, I made a decision that I wanted to be water baptized at that time. Um, I believe I was, uh, uh, 16, maybe almost 17, I got water baptized. And I, when my unsaved friends uh, were there at the time, I remember they, they even were really excited for me. They didn't know exactly what was going on, but like, you know, they poked fun a little bit, but they were like, man, it, it really seemed, you know, I've seen change in your life. I've seen those things. So I wanted to uh, encourage everybody that when we do water baptisms this Sunday, invite your family, invite friends that like maybe don't even, uh, you know, serve the Lord or know the Lord and just say, hey, I'm getting water baptized this Sunday. Will you come with me? You know, I, and watch because the spirit of God's going to be so prevalent there, so powerful. And uh, and just so you all know, even though it's just barely a little chilly in Florida, we're going to be doing them inside. So you just come with your your swim uh, swimwear. And, uh, you know, obviously modest swimwear, we're in, uh, we're in church and then you come and then you can just get changed and join us in worship right after, uh, we do that. It's going to be amazing. So as we continue, uh, tonight, I, I only want to spend a few minutes on communion because we've been really making these really focused because we have a podcast audience and that listens to this later this week. And we're so thankful if you're listening to this later, listening to the podcast, we like to try to condense this material so that way everybody can glean from it, learn from it. So we talked about water baptisms really emphasize. We want to just take the closing moments with what we believe the ordinances, the ordinances of the church, which water baptism and communion. And we are going to do one more what we believe in the coming weeks. We also have Michael Dow is going to be joining us again for a Monday night interview coming up. I just touched base with him this week. And then uh, next week we have a special guest, uh, evangelist John Duke's going to be joining us. So we got a lot of exciting things going on. They've been in New York having revival meetings all week and preaching out on the streets. It's going to be great to hear from them. So when it comes to communion, once again, an outward act that has so much implication of what's taking place inside. So we started out in Matthew. So let's start putting verses again. Matthew 26, verse 26 through 28. This is at the Last Supper. And isn't it so amazing that before Jesus goes to the cross, he has a meal. And this meal is inviting people to literally, he, he's saying that when you break bread, when you drink the the wine, that it's my blood and it's my body. He he's making because what do you need to survive as a as a, you need to eat? You need to have meals to live. And he was making it clear that whenever you have a meal, whenever you are bringing substance to your body, I want you to remember me that I am the one that gives you that you live and move and have your being 
in me. So Matthew 26, it says this, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Now we're going to read into a few things here, but I want everybody to understand that there is a huge difference and implication between the bread and the wine. The bread represents his body, and his body went through, we're talking major trauma for your actual tangible healing, not just emotional, not just spiritual, for your physical body as well. And it's laid out clearly. That's why when Jesus came to the earth, he was healing people because his body was laying hands, his hands were laying hands on the sick and they were recovering. He was the word made flesh. And he said, this body, when you eat of it, this is why if anybody's dealing with an ailment, I would encourage you to take communion every day. Take communion every day and thank the Lord for your healing. Every time you break that bread, you you remind yourself of the price that he paid for you and you take that. And Jesus made this very clear. And Nick, once again, I told you, whenever you want to yeah. interject, feel I'm going to go through the scriptures and whenever you have some, you just let me know. Um, yeah, go for it. One of the things that we started doing as a family um, just recently is, you know, when we're praying, for our food, you know, we're praying before we eat. Um, you know, um, we are be, we are inviting the Lord to dine with us, to sit down with us, uh, to sit at the table. He, we're reminding ourselves and Him that He has a seat at the table with us. That's awesome. And when we sit down and we have conversations with each other, He's at the center of it, and He's right there with us, and that puts you know, so much into perspective when you are, when you're making conversation at the, at the dinner table, when you're, when you're partaking, when you're eating the food, um, you know, it just, this thankfulness just starts to well up in your heart because, you know, we, we enter his, his gates with Thanksgiving. And so, um, you know, that's just thanks. Thankfulness just overflows in his presence. And so, you know, we just, we invite him to dine with us, um, you know, and, just it's 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 been amazing so that's just something i thought i'd share i love that no thank you for sharing that and it is any any way you can train and discipline yourself to be more conscious to the lord in your life to it <laughs> like that's the takeaway any way you can welcome him and invite him and to make it a reality to you you need yeah. to embrace that and no matter how childish and i don't like using the word childlike it seems there's a difference between being childish and childlike. And when you're childlike, you're you're willing to change, you're you're willing to entertain the imagination to make it a reality. And you have to uh entertain your imagination when it comes to that. If it's putting an extra chair at the table, if it's when you get in your car to do a commute that Jesus is in the car with you and you're talking with Jesus. Because uh if you think about the devil's main objective in today's life it's uh it's this right here the cell phone this yeah. is us nick uh yeah. but it's the the cell phone because since the cell phone's present um it's it's the temptation to always remain self-focused and not 
God focused, not God conscious, because this keeps the phone keeps you more focused on yourself. You can pull up YouTube videos, you can pull up Instagram things, you can pull up Facebook, you can just read things on your phone. You can when 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 there's a concern in your life, you can Google an answer rather than just communicate to God and fellowship with him over it. So I love how you bring that example up. And that's that's so perfect with the ordinances of what we're talking about. It's always an outward expression. So how do you yeah. make God more real in your life? You're, there's going to probably have to be some, you have to do some mental Olympics because your mind is constantly trying to convince you what you can't see doesn't matter. But yeah. what you can't see is actually very, is, is the foundation for everything you, you can see because the spiritual is so profound. Um, so first, Corinthians if and actually let's go there I want to um first Corinthians chapter 11 uh starting in verse 23 uh we're going to read 23 through 26 this is Paul reiterating the last supper and what Jesus said but we're going to uh, focus on what he brought and you know what actually let's back up to verse 17 I'm going to call an audible and read a little bit more here um when Paul's talking about cuz we went over this with Joe Turnbull a little bit last week that Corinthians is such a a particular book of the Bible because it's 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 a first Corinthians and second Corinthians, particularly first Corinthians is a huge rebuke. Like it's a it's it's a letter where Paul is addressing sexual immorality in the church. He's addressing disorder in the church. He's addressing people that are just going nuts and they need some counsel. They need elders. They need guidance. And Paul brings that. So he's even telling them how to go about communion here he's talking about how to go about the lord's supper because they're just they're making you know a mess of everything so he brings some proper instruction here and we need to, to read this so starting in verse 17 first corinthians 11 it says now in giving these instructions i do not praise you since you come together not for the better but for the worse for first of all when you come together as a church i hear that there are divisions among you and in part i believe it for there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you therefore when you come together in one place it is not to eat the lord's supper for in eating each one takes his own supper ahead of others and one is hungry and another is drunk what exclamation point exclamation point do you not have houses to eat and drink in or do you despise the church of god and shame those who have nothing what shall i say to you shall i praise you in this i do not praise you so paul's like addressing before he goes into telling them what communion really is and how to go about the lord's supper he's saying that you're abusing it you're using it to just you know get food you're using it just to take advantage of things so paul is like going after this making it known how sacred communion is and it's not something to be messed around with it's not something to be taken lightly so for i received from the lord that which i also delivered to you that the lord jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread <laughs> isn't it amazing how paul says i received from the lord that which i also delivered to you that the Lord actually gave Paul inside. He wasn't there at the Last Supper with the disciples. So Jesus is actually revealing to him, Paul, exactly how he went about the Last Supper. So Paul is like, as I received it from the Lord, I'm giving it to you. So this is so powerful. He then says, and when he had given thanks, 
he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do you remember the first time Jesus broke bread in the gospels and gave thanks what happened? It multiplied and fed 15,000 people plus. Um, so when Jesus thanks and breaks bread, multiplication of his life and his abundant life go into people. It's infectious. It, 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 it spreads. So this is what happens with communion, that his life is being infused into you. And it's something that you minister to others because it's, it's, you're, an, you're awakening to the reality of the crucifixion and the resurrection. It's so beautiful. And I, I said this recently that, you know, when we think about living holy, holiness is when the reality of the cross becomes the reality in your heart. And that's what communion does is it, 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 it's a symbolic expression of honoring what he did at the cross. And the thing about wine that's so peculiar is that wine, which I want to say that it's, it's so important that you do studies to understand the wine and how it was that, that so many people use it as an, an example that they can just go out and get plastered because there's wine. That is, the Bible is very clear about not being drunk. And it's very clear that the wine of the Lord is actually for a sacred thing. It's, it's for a sacred communion. It's not to be abused. It's not, Paul was just talking about them getting drunk and how that was not okay. So what we see here is wine is a luxury. It's a delight. Because you can almost consider it like a fruit, like fruit drink, like water is a necessity. Wine is a luxury. It's a, it's a celebration. That's why Jesus's first miracle was turning water into wine. And his last miracle was turning his blood into life. <laughs> it was like, you have this thing that the water being turned into wine, it's a luxury. It's something that he wants you to enjoy yeah. his life. He wants you to enjoy his life. So take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. It's so good. It's so good. You got anything you wanted to? Cheryl? Yeah, I mean, well, when I think of when I think of communion, I think of I think of three I can think of three main reasons. And I think of I think of fellowship, I think of remembrance, I think of thanksgiving. And um and a scripture that I have for fellowship is uh 1 Corinthians 11:33 where it says to come together as members of the royal family of God and share in the celebration mm. of the Lord's Supper. And, um, you know, we, we, we're not, it's not only fellowship with him, but it's fellowship with each other, each other with him at the center, Amen. Um, the king. And it's, um, you know, it's remembrance, uh, you know, first Corinthians 11, 24 and 25, it says that our remembrance is of the saving work that Christ effectuously performed and completed once and for all on the cross. And then Thanksgiving 11, first Corinthians 11, 24, 
we are to be remembering with thankful hearts what Christ accomplished on the cross for us. Um, not only, you know, is our is this something that we is something that Paul says that we should be doing, but this is something that um, that our hearts just should compel us to. It's so good, man. That's so awesome. So, uh, you, is everybody seeing? And please, in the comments, let us know if this is helping you tonight. Because I'm being—I don't know about you, Nick. I'm just being blessed. Having it's like whenever we just talk about the the things of the Lord, what's important to Him. It's just like it's just like why don't we talk about this more? Like why yeah. do we not uh, allow it to be such a central part of our conversations in our life? So, I just want to hit. And, and oh, go also, for it. Think of think of communion as a covenant um well it is you know whenever whenever the lord uh, there was always a meal um bread being broken over a covenant being made um you know salvation is a covenant made between us and the lord and that's salvation in every arena of life that's complete salvation uh healing wholeness um you know all of your your, your needs being met and it all and even though it's it's those things it still comes right back to him because um you know your greatest your greatest your greatest satisfaction is is him he's your portion so <laughs> you know a, a way to never lack in your life is to make him your portion so good so good. I want to. I lost the video. I want to get back on here to see who's on here. Let them know. The uh, so I wanted to just share these final scriptures. Um, in closing, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, we want to take communion. And uh, no matter if you're listening to this later, or it's it's always good to exercise this beautiful privilege we have to to partake and to participate in communion. Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47, this is when the church is, is starting to grow. Right after Peter's first sermon, it says in verse 40, Acts chapter 2, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So you see, soon as the church was birthed, they immediately remembered what Jesus said, take communion often. So you see, the disciples had the teachings of Jesus impressed in their heart. They weren't thinking about church growth models. They weren't thinking about how do we get as much people as we can uh, at our next meeting. They're just thinking that we just saw the Holy Spirit fall, and this is what Jesus told us to do. He told us to baptize people. He told us to take communion often. He, they're just going after the things that were precious to Jesus, the things that he emphasized on. And that's why in closing, I want everybody to turn to John 13, and this is where we'll take communion together. But John 13, this was illuminated to us as a church body earlier this year. Even when G or when the psalmist said that that you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, isn't it so amazing that when Jesus took or when he's doing performing the Last Supper, that Judas 
the one that is going to betray him, that it actually says that Satan entered Judas at the Last Supper table. And, and that he actually let Judas partake in communion. I, I liked one, one way I look at it. I've, I've said it before that Judas, when you read in scripture, particularly in John, you'll find out that Judas was the first one to partake of communion because Jesus said, whoever I hand the bread to first and dip it in the bowl, he's the one that's going to betray me. And he hands it to Judas. And it says that Satan entered him, which means that Jesus wanted Satan to taste his, his defeat before anyone. Like he wanted Satan to know that he was done. It's still so sad because Jesus had said he was grieved in his heart that Judas, and it goes to show the, the humanity and the compassion of God, that even though he, he was so grieved that he invested that time with Judas and that Judas was going to betray him. But one of the things about John chapter 13 that is so profound that we can forget with communion is that before Jesus goes to the Last Supper table, he washes all the disciples' feet. He strips himself of his, his uh, rabbi credential robe and he puts on the washcloth and everything to wash the disciples' feet. So every time the disciples take communion, the apostles, when they take communion in the future, they're remembering the Last Supper, but they're, they're thinking that the king of the universe verse that died for me on a cross washed my feet because washing of feet is what you do when somebody enters a house so before you can even get to the table to eat you have to take that step of being cleansed to come to the table and jesus washes their feet and their feet representing the dirt of their past representing where they've been jesus washes their feet and then brings them to the table. And they didn't want him to wash their, their feet. Peter speaks up the most saying, I'm not going to let you do this. Yeah. But this is before we even take communion, this is what you have to realize. This is what the disciples experienced. They experienced a Lord that washed their feet in preparation for them to come to the table to eat. So when we take communion, we're not only thinking about what he did on the cross, we're thinking about what he did to prepare us mm -hmm. to partake of that meal. Yeah. What he the price that he paid that not only did he die for us, not only did he raise from the grave, but he he did everything possible to make sure we would have a seat at the table and be able to feast with him. So I want everybody to put John 13 in there. But Can't even I, I, right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Like when, when you were, when you were, when you were talking about how, you know, when the disciples would share, <clears throat> when they would have communion in the future, that just bear, bears so much witness with me, uh, with my spirit. Like I was just thinking the same thing. Like they, I mean, to know it's it's the last supper you're gonna have with somebody that you've you've grown closer to than anybody you've ever grown closer to. And they knew for them to know that was their last supper, think about how intimate of a time that was. Mm. How special that was. 
that it wasn't just a ritual, that it wasn't just a symbolic gesture, but it was deeply meaningful for them and um, the fellowship between them and Jesus, their brother, their friend, um, not just this person who's a miracle worker, not just this person who is, 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 is there to forgive sins, but this is somebody that they've walked with, somebody that they've walked with personally. And to every time take communion in the future to go back to that moment that they were marked and remembering that, um, you know, I think, I just think about going back to that, that the time that he turned on the lights and uh, the time that he, um, he just came into, came into my heart. So just thinking about that. That's so good. And, and, and you brought this up earlier that, um, and I know everybody, I told everybody to told, turn to John 13, where we end. If you actually go, I'm, I'll go back there for us. But in first Corinthians 11, when we were alluding to earlier, how Jesus said, whenever, or when Paul's repeating what Jesus said, whenever you take the bread or take the, you know, do this in remembrance of me, isn't it? It's so profound that when we brought him up very, um, quickly, but the, the thief on the cross what did he say to Jesus when he was on the, he said, will you remember me when, when, you know, you get to, uh, wow. When you get, when you get there and it's the thing about remember that's so powerful that we forget is sometimes in our language and we don't realize where words originate from, but to remember, if you just piece the word together, it means to take your members and put them back together again. So to remember is to remember, to, to remember, put the member. Who, remember me, remember who I am. Exactly. So when we remember him, when we remember him, he puts us back together again. He puts us back internally where we need to be. So when we remember him, he remembers he re puts us back exactly and that's why communion is so profound it's not just a sacrament it's not just a ritual it's something so spiritual that takes place and it'll manifest in your physical body if you need healing it'll manifest in your thought life if you're if there's anxiety like we we saw with a a gentleman named frank that was watching on youtube we're going to pray with you now and then also um, Andrew earlier, if anybody needs prayer for their body, as we t- take communion, just let us know what the ailment is in the comments. We'll pray for you and believe that as we take communion, that'll happen for you tonight. And uh, let's do that now. I want to just quickly say that I'm going to throw it up here again. This Sunday, we are doing corporate prayer and worship starting at six o'clock, and we will be doing water baptisms in house so during worship and prayer and us praying over the nation if you want to be water baptized please message us or sign up tomorrow and you can sign up and let us know throughout the week but the the sooner we know how many people the better we'll be equipped for uh sunday evening so that'll be taking place sunday we're so excited for that i'll put the graphic up again at the end and then tomorrow night come join us 455 riviera road 
power of God's moving so strongly in our midst, testimonies just blossoming all over. And uh, the way that the Lord's been speaking and bringing revelation, I just know we're going to have such a manifestation of King Jesus in our midst tomorrow via the Holy Spirit. So let's uh, let's take the bread at this at this moment. And I just want to read First Corinthians 11 again. Paul said, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. So as we break the bread right now, he then said this. Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So at this moment, you may now partake of the bread. Let's remember Jesus right now, what he has done. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for Frank and Andrew right now and anybody else watching that has a physical ailment, whether they watch it later or listening to this right now, we thank you for the healing power that was purchased for us through the stripes on your back, through every wound that you had impaled into your flesh, Lord. We thank you for healing in Jesus' mighty name. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. It's important you see that, that it was after supper. I, that just hit me right there. That it's after the bread had been, it's fully been chewed upon. It's fully been, you, you've salvated it. It's brought, and then it, it's so important that he's trying to distinguish the order that it's the bread because you have to bring restoration to this natural man, the, the regeneration, the restoration. And then this is symbolic of the new covenant, the blood which that we're a part of. And then it says that he says this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You may now partake of the cup. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Well, what a beautiful night talking about water baptism and communion. You know, it's, I just want to once again say that I just want to repent that this, it's sometimes, that's why we're doing this for a couple of weeks, what we believe, because sometimes we can get so caught up in what's the latest cool message or what somebody's new fresh revelation when it's really when we just study the rich nature of what was implemented by jesus because he knew it's timeless he knew it's eternal and when we focus on these things we realize that we take for granted a lot of the rich truth and things that we're supposed to be partaking in so we love you all nick you have anything you want to add in closing just He's just saying, remember me. Mm -hmm.
It's so special, man. Well, we love you all so much. Tomorrow night, 455 Riviera Road. <clears throat> Meet us. Get there early so that way we can give you a hug, tell you how much we love you. It's going to be an amazing night. Restore the Roar continues. Yeah. We'll see you there. God bless everybody. See you guys.